Ladies and gentlemen, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and wherever you are in the world and whenever you are tuning into this video, my name is James Porcelli. I'm Brian Thomas. And welcome to another episode of Ruthless Talk. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. There it is. There are the cheers. And look who's back, everybody. It's Brian. Hey, Brian, welcome back, my man. It's good to have you back. He's been playing the, the role of Roman Reigns as of late, man. He really wants to make a grand entrance now. He wants everybody to really miss him. So that way he comes back, right. he makes a grand return. So, But Brian, welcome back, my man. It's good to have you back. How, 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 have, you, uh, how have you been, dude? Yeah, yeah, doing good, man. Uh, good to be back. Um, you know, just, yeah, summertime, you know, vacations, doing all the, the trips and stuff. So, yeah, it'll be hit or miss. Uh, but, yeah, good to be back, man. Yes, sir. Good to hear that, man. Hell, yeah. So, and I know you have, uh, and I don't know how caught up you are in, in regards to with WWE and everything. And I know I've made a lot of takes since you've been gone. I've upset a lot of people. I've been agreed with a lot of people, but I know you got a lot of stuff in regards to everything that has happened after Money in the Bank since it's been, I want to say it's about, what, almost a week and a half, maybe two weeks since since we've done that Money in the Bank, Good in the Bad and the Ugly yeah, review, yeah. and I'm sure you have some takes in regards to that, but but I'll have you say that when, the next time we discuss uh, Monday Night Raw and SmackDown as we got SummerSlam, which is not too far away, which is about, I want to yep, say, yep. three weeks from now, uh, but we're yeah. going to get into all of that with SummerSlam uh, moving forward in the foreseeable future. But today, today is all about AEW, both Collision and Dynamite. And of course, we'll briefly talk about NXT, a little bit of positives, some negatives from uh, last night's show. We'll talk about that later on uh, once we get through with AEW. But let us go ahead and get straight into this, man. Let's go ahead and start with AEW Collision. And so I'll be honest to everybody out there. I, I didn't watch this show as you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Really with much focus, you know, as much attention as, as I wanted to. Um, I was able to watch a good chunk of the first hour, a little bit, of course, mainly, of course, the main event, which was CM Punk and Samoa Joe. And listen, I will say this, even though the ratings and for justified reasons that Brian, me and you have spoken about of why collision is just not hitting, you know, we talked about, well, on a Saturday night, it definitely doesn't help things. Um, and especially with the numbers that uh, Dynamite has been pulling in over the last pretty much year or two and how they've kind of just been losing viewership. And we don't really expect a whole lot much, especially on a Saturday night. But we watch these shows, right? And it's just the show does flow very well. It, it really, really does. And it seems to me that there's just things that are missing. And, and, I, and I think people know where I'm coming from with this. And that's just the storytelling aspect, right? I mean, listen, Samoa Joe and CM Punk was fine for what it was. Could I think of many ways to set up that match to get people more intrigued? Absolutely, you're damn right. Uh, as opposed to a freaking Owen Hart Cup tournament match, which I get it, you're doing that to, to support the foundation, that's great, but at the end of the day, you can't really sacrifice the main the main purpose of your show, which is to draw in viewers, draw in casual fans to make them to make them watch your product, you know. So, and I'm watching this match as well with Punk and I, and Brian. I'm going to get to your take in just a second about what you thought. As we'll start off with CM Punk before we get into FTR and everybody else. 
you know, I'm watching this match and I'm thinking, you know, 18 years in the making, right? That's how they're hyping it up to be. Samoa Joe and CM Punk. And I'm just like, and I'm going to be honest with you, as much as I like these two, I've, I've adored these two as, as, as talents, CM Punk for years, Samoa Joe for years, they have done tremendous stuff in this business. But the way that this match has just come across in a tournament, just with, 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 with really no meaning or with no reason for you to really watch other than to see the good match, like we always talk about, Brian, right? right and the right. match, and, 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 to, and better yet, it ends with Punk rolling up Samoa Joe. I mean, how many times have we seen this, Brian, about how unrealistic these roll-ups get week after week, month after month? We're a little old CM Punk, right? As much as we like Punk, the dude is pro- probably 150 pounds soaking wet. And he's rolling up Samoa Joe with three seconds. Big old badass Samoa. Joe. His fucking name, Samoa. Like Samoa, right? And it's C, right? And it's CM Punk, exactly, dude. It's just, it's fucking ridiculous, man. It's just yeah. like, like make it make sense, make it realistic, you know. Um, and he's rolling him up, and then and to make Samoa Joe stay face, what they do is they like to 50-50 buck. He bigs up or he attacks Punk after the match, and then. You have freaking FTR making the save, and then Ricky Starks. They have a little bit of a stare down because they're facing in the finals of this said tournament. And I'm just like, okay, it's so if you're gonna further this, whatever this these two got going on with each other, like just tell the story, man. Like there's there's a lot that you can do with Punk and Samoa Joe. We know that these du- yeah. these two dudes can rock. Forget their wrestling. I'm talking about everything else that they bring to the table. Just the let them do their thing. Right. Absolutely. The promos that they can cut, the segments that you can do, if you can really get creative and think outside the box. Absolutely. You know, and but yet, but what we got was just a good, decent match. I can't really say it was great. It was a decent to good match. There was nothing bad about it, but it was very good. I mean, Samoa Joe and Punk, like I mentioned. And it ends in a roll-up finish. And then Samoa Joe just attacks him after the match. And it's just like, I'm sorry, that doesn't make him any, doesn't make him any more you know doesn't have him stay face than him just getting rolled up not too long ago it's just these decisions that tony khan makes bro it's just see this wall again i want to slam my fucking head through it but anyway uh brian i I spoke a lot to start this show and and i'm really interested to hear your takes um in regards to collision as well as dynamite that which we're going to get to in just a second but your thoughts um at least from what you saw from collision and uh, your thoughts about Punk and Samoa Joe and what they got going on right now. Yeah, so I'll, I'll start with uh, Collision first overall, man. Um, yeah, I hear what you're saying. Like, you know, as far as it flowing, to me, you know, it's... <clears throat> I'm definitely getting, like, a nostalgia vibe from it. Like, uh, the opening of the show, you know, they had, like, four little promos. Um, I think it was Samoa Joe, Punk. Um, I know there were two others, you know, it, you know promoting the show of the bigger matches. I can't think of who they were now. Yeah. Um, But anyway, it has this like uh, Saturday night main event feel to it. Um, You know, I I know it's a little bit before your time. I don't know if you've ever gone back and watched some of those uh, Saturday night main events um, from WWE, but that's the kind of the vibe I'm I'm getting. And I love it, man. um, Yeah. To be honest, Um, Mm -hmm. uh, the matches itself, um, 
like you were saying, the flow, the, the I think there was only like maybe four matches overall, maybe in, in yeah, division. somewhere around but there, like yeah. All of them, man. They 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 slowed down. They played to the crowd. You know, there was crowd interaction. Like, yeah, none of them. I can't say any of any of these matches were bangers, but they were all fucking solid, man. Like they were all, you know, gone were the you know, flippy do get me to the next spots. There was. Little to none of that, you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, it was it mm-hmm. was you know in ring psychology, playing to the crowd, speeding it up, slowing it down, you know, all those things, which I'm here for, man. So, um, you know what what are we in three three four weeks into Collision now? I mean, the four weeks, yep, four weeks, yeah. So, I mean, I I like it. Um, I'll get into the punk uh, thing here. You know, yeah, there's some storyline aspects like I would have changed too, but. All in all, man, again, really, what I, subject to change, obviously. Again, we're four weeks in. I, I, who knows where we'll, we'll be in another month. But right now, short, you know, small sample size. Um, I know I'm probably in the minority. And again, it's on Saturday night. It's not going to get a whole lot of viewership. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm digging it so far. I, I kind of like it. Um, and then to on, on to the Samoa Joe punk thing. Yeah, I, I hear what you're saying, man. I mean, like all you know, the speculation before Punk returned was that you know he he wanted a feud with Samoa Joe, and I'm down for that. That that's going to be awesome. Um, as they kind of alluded to, you know, they you know their first match was 18 years ago. Punk's never beaten Joe. Um, so again, yeah, in this tournament, you know, you have it. Like I I don't know. I mean, could you? So now the the finals is set up with Punk and Starks, right? Which, you know, they've kind of formed a little partnership here in, you know, since Collision started. Um, So, I I, I don't know. I mean, I I think, hmm, how how do I get into this, really? Okay, let let me start (laughs) with Punk. Let me start here. Mm -hmm. So if you remember even back to his, when he came back on on, uh, Dynamite, you know, whenever his first return 95 percent of those shows started out with cm punk right yeah every it's it's almost like the orange cassidy thing here where you know i'm glad they're getting away from it a little bit but yeah. every fucking show started with cm punk and you've done that here with collision too with it starting with punk or punk and ftr or whatever i, I get it you know he was you're starting this new show. He was the, the attraction coming back. But you can't follow that same formula with him starting the show every single night, man. It just... Yeah. You can't you can't do that. As much as I love him, I'm a fan, I want to see him, you can't do it every every Saturday night he's starting the show, you know? Um, so, so that's my first thing, right? Uh... And so in the, in this tournament now, you you got Punk and Starks. I think Starks should go over here. Um, I, I don't. I mean, yeah, I can. You know, yeah. I, I don't think Punk needs to be coming back and winning a title or the story he's winning this tournament or whatever. I, I think you know, for whatever it is, an, an Owen Hump Cup tournament, whatever. I think Starks should go over. Starks should get the win here, and and you've set it up to where I have no doubt. So Joe's going to interfere and probably cost Punk the match. That's probably how they're going to, you know, really kick off this feud. Um, but yeah, to have, to kind of like build up that story, um, 
where he hasn't beaten him ever. And then you're in this kind of, you know, tournament and you have him win his first time on a roll up. Yeah. Like that could have been a lot, done a lot better. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, but that being said, I, I'm, I'm all for a punk, uh, Joe feud. Um, I, I think it could be great if book book properly. Um, so yeah, all, all in all, yeah, I, I change a, a few things about it, but I like Collision overall right, so far. I really, really do. Um, just another quick shout out here, Miro again, man. He he kind of had another little vignette, and seriously, I don't know if he's doing this shit on purpose because I mentioned a couple weeks ago, right, where he he used the word that was kind of like I don't know if he misunderstood the meaning of the word or if it was intentional. Um. So yeah, and so in this promo, it's like all right. He's serious, right? He's he's talking about you know the the redeemer and my God, and I, I'm not you know whatever. And then he says, and I will not be tempted. I will not be tempted by a shiny belt or a false <laughs> god or a double jointed hot wife. <laughs> it just it's I yeah. mean. It's yeah. funny as shit, it just because it's so it's so out of place, and I don't know if he's doing it on purpose, but I don't know, man. Shout out to Miro. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, that that was that was a, a good little uh, vignette he had, and just I don't know if he's one of those guys who's unintentionally fucking hilarious, or if he knows what he's doing. But I, I don't know, man. I mean, I, hey, I think think back to Rusev Day, man. I mean, this dude was yeah. freaking highly entertaining with Rusev Day, so it doesn't shock yeah. me that he right. can actually, you know, crack a laugh with fans every now and then. So, hey, yeah, no, I saw that segment too. It was I, I did. He always he always mentions his hot wife, aka yeah, CK yeah. Perry, who right. was Lana uh, well, from WWE. But yeah, no, I, I agree with yeah that 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 shit is funny. I, I do like that. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, overall. Um, you know, I like the show. Uh, you know, it, it could be a bit, a little bit better storyline wise, but I do like the the way the matches flow. Um, I'm glad it's a, a lot less, and I do think you'll see. You know, as we go on here, as we get into it, I, I think, or I, at least I get the feeling that it's going to be more storyline driven and a little bit more like old school wrestling. You know, so yeah, I'm here for it. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it's funny you mentioned Saturday, those Saturday night uh, shows from back in the day. I, I remember like watching clips. Of course, obviously, I'm too young to go back and, and watch those live. But I remember clips of matches, you know, on YouTube or wherever you can find them online. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, no, definitely. It definitely brings that same type of that same type of energy, that same type of vibe. Um, and, and no doubt with Starks, I, I think, I mean, CM Punk doesn't need a freaking a, a foundation tournament cup i i just i, I don't understand why yeah, why yeah. he would need that what is it going to do for starks afterwards if he does win it i don't know does he play a part in the story i guess we're going to find out um but yeah no starks to me would be the right decision because i don't think punk would lose anything from it especially if you're trying to continue a story with samoa joe and like yeah. you mentioned too man it's just i i just wish that we didn't have to get you know, get there by having Samoa Joe just get rolled up. Who's gonna roll up? Yeah. You know, and that kind of just really takes a major hit in what you're trying to start a serious feud between Punk and Samoa Joe, right? You're especially when Samoa Joe, when he's this, he's gonna be obviously playing the heel, 
which with Punk being a babyface, you know, especially during his last run as babyface during during Dynamite, you know, it, it worked to a certain extent. Move, like maybe one or two more times, and then at a big pay per view, that's where he gets his first win against Samoa Joe, right? I mean, right, yeah. exactly, yeah. And right. instead, it's just wasted to make it just that. The match was wasted on, on a tournament match and on a collision show, and and it just made Samoa Joe just look like a geek <laughs> at the end of the day. I mean, people can say what they want to say about the match. The match was fine for what it was, but it's not. Sometimes it's not always just about the match. It's how it finishes. Again, like you mentioned about how people are selling, you know, less of that freaking like the shit that Commander did just last night, freaking bouncing <laughs> off the freaking top ropes every 30 seconds. Right, um, right. So, yeah, so it's just, look, I'll, I'll, look, you guys know me for people who, you know, who are listening to this podcast, right? You guys know that I'm always willing to give things a chance, especially when it comes to punk. I know as of late, I've seen like a punk hater because re- realistically, this dude has not been drawing in viewership. Again, the numbers yeah, and the I metrics mean, yeah, tell you that, right. that fans are just not interested in what he's doing. Is that all of his fault? No. But again, that's the standard is th- that he's at, that he's going to save AEW. Yet he's not doing anything to that degree. So right. could a feud with Samoa Joe help that? Absolutely. But is Tony Khan going to book that as such? I don't trust it. I, I just, I just don't. Yeah, and no, and with collision, with, with, with collision as a whole, man, like that's just what they're missing is to really kind of similar to what dynamite has got going on right now. And, and, and dynamite, and we'll get into it in just a second, but you're really with Jericho as well as MJF and Adam Cole. And I spoke very highly about that last week. And Brian, I know you got a lot of stuff to say about that as well, because it's legit been the most entertaining shit at this entire company. Uh, but we're going to get into that in, uh, in just a little bit here. Um, and, and what they're doing, um, even, I mean, even though it's not the most intriguing thing of this show, I can really take it or leave it, but the elite in the BCC, you know, trying to end the show with a little bit of a, I can't really say a cliffhanger, but something that doesn't have to involve a wrestling match, <laughs> you know what right, I'm right. saying? Like yeah. end with a story with a cliffhanger or something along those lines. So they're, they're. If I had to put it into words, they're kind of going away from the formulaic stuff, like you mentioned, Brian, with uh, Orange Cassidy starting off the show. And now they kind of have to do the same shtick with Punk as well. You know, Punk starts the show off. I get it. It's CM Punk. You want to start off with an electrifying electrifying start to the show. What better way than Punk? I get it. The, The guy is talented. And if you book him correctly, he can draw in numbers, you know, especially for people, casuals, you know that are maybe just coming across wrestling for the first time, right? Because there's always different types of casual fans, right? There's the casuals that, you know, know the foundations of wrestling. They know the big names like the Cena's and the Stone Cold's and the Rock's and all that stuff. And and then there's casual fans that are just flipping through through their television screens and they have no idea what professional wrestling is all about. Mm -hmm. But those are the people that are going to skyrocket you to the top, like I always say. So, and, and let me get into, um, into FTR and, and Bullet Club Gold is, is I guess yeah, that's yeah. what they're, they're being referred to as. And, and it kind of just ties into everything that I've pretty much been, been, been talking about collision, you know, and, and you also have a tag match that involves your tag champs that is FTR and they're losing to the gun or not the gun club, the gun club are part of Bullet Club Gold, but Bullet Club Gold is beating them just to get a title shot next week. And that's what I mean, man, about 
attracting and, uh, and connecting with fans. No one's going to connect with a wrestler that's winning one week, that's losing the next week. Because let's be honest, guys, FTR is probably not going to lose these titles next week. I hope, I really hope they don't. <laughs> I really hope yeah. that their title reign and winning back those titles that, you know, at least for what we were given, they had no choice. Tony Khan had no choice but to put the titles back on FTR not too long ago. I really hope that this title reign wasn't just leading to them taking the titles away or the titles being taken away from Bullet Club Gold. And, and that's and that's the problem. It's just like, like what, what are we doing with these wrestlers to get people connected that we need to see Collision next week? You know, right. is it a good flowing show? Yes, absolutely. I, it, there's no doubt every, at least for every, for what it's been three to four shows so far in this experiment that we got going on, but yet, is there really been a need to tune in? Like I've, I've mentioned this on this platform many a times, the answer, the answer is really no, <laughs> you know, it's just, it's just how it's just, I mean, that's just how I genuinely feel. And I know I've spoke, spoken to a lot of people that follow this platform that have, that have reached out to me, they feel the exact same way about it. Um, and, and of course it has the potential to be great, but it's little things like that where you're only digging yourself into a hole, you know, right. um, before we go further and, and before we get into dynamite, which I definitely want to get into in, in, in a little bit here, Brian, your thoughts about that whole FTR bullet club gold exchange with their tag match. And, and, and of course you're, you're, overall thoughts about collision, especially for this week. And where do you think it could lead to moving forward? Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I don't think FTR can lose next week for sure. Um, you know, the bullet club gold, uh, you know, Jay white and, you know, even juice Robinson, like when he, when he was first introduced here, it was like, who the fuck is this guy? I mean, <laughs> I wouldn't say I'm a fan of him, but I mean, I, I've seen a little things where like, okay, you know, I'm kind of slowly growing on me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just don't really know their direction. Um, yeah. And now we'll, we'll kind of get into here. You know, I don't want to give too much away with, with dynamite, but now we're going to have, what is it? The, the golden elite. So you got bullet club gold and the golden elite. And like Omega was in the bullet club, right? Back in Correct. Japan. Yes. Yeah. So that there's all these, um, you know, just, just cross references and cross ties that are it just, again, like for a casual fan, I, I don't know, unless they keep it separate or maybe that's the problem. Maybe, maybe it's, I, <laughs> I, I know a little too much for my own good, I guess, because a casual fan wouldn't, you know, have that new Japan reference where I'm looking at it as like, but Omega was in the bullet club and now he's in the elite and we got the golden elite and bullet club gold. And it's just all, it's just, kind of weird um yeah but you know that being said um I, I think it could be a good feud between um jay white and juice and ftr um i do see ftr holding on to these tag belts for a bit which i think they should because um i think they could really elevate the tag team division you know really um you know if, if you want to keep jay white and juice robinson as a tag right now okay uh, there is even, you know, over in Dynamite, um, you know, maybe I'll, I'll mention briefly here, but um, Sammy Guevara and, um, ah, shit, uh, Guevara, who do you tag with? Um, oh, Dan uh, Daniel Garcia. Garcia. Uh, you know, I mean, Gar you know, uh, Guevara was just in the in the title picture, but whatever. I, I mean, I think they look, they work good together. You know, I wouldn't mind seeing them as a tag for a little bit. 
So, you know, I, I don't know. I, I hope they do something with the tag division, like really make it, you know, because I kind of think that's what, like, at least Dax with FTR, and I think I could probably say both of them, would kind of like to bring the tag division back to, you know, when, when you had the Hart Foundation and um, the British Bulldogs and the Killer Bees and the Rock and Roll Express and the Midnight Express, where it was... You know, the tag division was just as relevant as the as the world title, right? You know, like I mean, that, they yeah. were almost on mm-hmm. equal footing. They really were. Um, so, yeah, you know, I like that aspect of it. Like I said, with Collision, I like the way it flows. So far, I like the way yeah, how the matches are, are put on. So, you know, I get it's going to it's gonna bring in low ratings. But if, if, I'm, if I'm just, again, small sample size, um, out of the four major shows, like this would give SmackDown for me personally, just because I like the style so much, it, it would give SmackDown a run for its money as far as what I would prefer to watch, you know? Um, so yeah, I, I'm digging it so far. Yeah. And, and you, you kind of hit the nail on the head uh, with, you know, the key word is direction, right? Di- direction has been the main key, especially when it comes to, not just AW, but just pro wrestling as a whole. You know, of course, we're going to like certain wrestlers. Of course, we're going to like certain things. But at the end of the day, it's all about direction. And that's the main thing a lot of times when it comes to connecting with a wrestler when it, or connecting with the storyline is direction. If there's no direction, then you can only do so much at the end of the day. So, And, and I think that that's just what Collision is really lacking. And of course, I think at some point, and and there's no doubt the Saturday night definitely plays a toll into it. But I think if they just had a little bit more direction in regards to a character and in regards to a story, and, and you kind of just take out of the matches just to have a match when there's a purpose behind the match and, and, and everything else as a whole that you're putting on that you're putting on your show, again, that could just do wonders. It's just small details like that can maybe can take your 500 some odd thousand rating to maybe 600 650 hell even even 700 you know it's just little things like that and i think as of right now for collision i think that their main goal at least as of right now is to eventually get back to that 800 mark as of right now um because i don't really see them getting anything higher than that the than the for the foreseeable future to be quite honest with you but that those little things just from that point alone is just giving the wrestlers direction and involving and telling more of the story and the direction of where these people are going as opposed to just throwing an Owen Hart Cup tournament match <laughs> you know yeah. it, it's just and I and again and I understand it's the it's 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 for a cause it's a foundation and that's great but there's so, but Brian and I and I mentioned this last week and I don't know if you've heard if you heard me say this or not I feel like there's there could be a lot of things that you can you can do to, you know, help this foundation, this Owen Hart Foundation, as opposed to kind of uh, letting the shows be an effect of what you're trying to do. You know what I'm saying? It's I just think, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Something like that, like an Owen Hart come, Cup tournament, right? Great cause, right? Great wrestler. <laughs> if you even go back and, and, and when he was in that area or era. I mean, all all the wrestlers would say. I mean, he was like the funniest guy. The the cool, you know, he he wasn't yeah, shout out to him. Yeah. He wasn't a dick. Absolutely. You know, he, he was a genuinely <laughs> yeah. nice guy. 
Yeah. Um, so if, if you want to have something like that and showcase and, and, you know, kind of bring, you know, um, a spotlight on Owen Hart's name and whatever. Yeah. I'm cool with having a, a tournament literally like, you you know, as, as we com- bitch about it or whatever of great matches, but have that separate, have, have a bunch of great matches to, to showcase, you know, great wrestling and Owen Hart and whatever, but you don't need to tie storylines into that that tournament. You know what I mean? Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, 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 no. I, I completely get it. No, absolutely. And and, yeah. and I know, and I've made this statement before about tournaments, man. It's just like, when you've seen one tournament, you've seen them all, especially with wrestling, both AEW as well as in, in, in WWE. So, yeah, yeah. but yeah, no, no. And I, I definitely agree. Cause like, there's, there's only so much that you can do to tell a story in a tournament, which is why I don't get the fact that you're, you're, you're wasting a 18 year in the making type of match with Punk right. and Samoa Joe right. just for Joe to get rolled up like a geek, like a schmuck. <laughs> yeah. And then that, and that's, that, that's what I mean. You know, um, I'm all for support supporting Owen Hart. And of course, even though I'm a young and I know Owen Hart very well, I go back and I do my research with these wrestlers. Trust me. I'd rather nowadays, Brian, I'll legit go on the WWE network and watch a bunch of old school eighties and nineties type of wrestling then watch anything. Yeah, then give what me the, the fucking blue blazer all day over fucking command. Right, <laughs> right. Sorry. I'll be honest. Dude, I'm not. I'm not even bullshitting when I say this, Brian. I remember I was legit watching promos from Doink the Clown. Right, yeah. <laughs> like they like it just came across. It came across like YouTube, and I believe it was on uh, on Instagram as well as Facebook. And I came across, and I it was when I was it was heel doing the clown. Like that shit was actually pretty freaking cool. Yeah. And, and he was cutting the promo, and he was doing all this shtick, like his his jobber matches that he would do. And yes, the wrestling wasn't that great. It wasn't top tier. I get it, but it didn't need to be, man. Right? It's just yeah. it's the character development before you're very like, bro. I'll take that shit any freaking day inject doink the clown type of shit into my veins than any other dude in his trunks and doing you know x y and z the flips and the canadian destroyers and then having a hit a hundred of them and kicking them out at two and a half right (laughs) yeah you know oh but that's but that's believable but bray wyatt also doing some you know some uh some like what, what do you call it some voodoo or some like you know um you know some weird crazy shit right some like that's that's not believable, but freaking kicking out of a hundred thousand maneuvers, <laughs> kicking out at two and a half is believable. Okay, yeah. <laughs> okay, man. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, let's let's move on, man. I know there's a lot of talk about AW Dynamite, and of course, you know, we'll we'll talk more about Collision. Of course, they got the Owen Hart uh, tournament final next week, as I'm sure maybe we'll see how I guess this story progresses with Samoa Joe, whatever they got going yeah. on right now. But we'll. Uh, but we'll save that for next week uh, m- moving forward as we talk about Collision um, on this podcast. So, um, But, yeah, let's get into AEW straight away. Before we get into a- to MJF and-, and Adam Cole, because that that is the thing that I really do want to get into the most here, um, I do want to start off with Chris Jericho. That's the first thing I want to start off with. Um, because this man was heavily, heavily produced in the show in, in regards to – the situation he's got going on with Don Callis enjoying his family, right? Which is weird. And I said this last week and how the, the story has kind of changed between just Sammy Guevara, right? Cause Sammy Guevara, like after I believe it was the fatal four way match that he competed for the AW world title, 
And now there's like the shtick of like, oh, like, you know, are you with us? Or are you against us? Right. You've been, you know, you've been no calls, no texts from us. You've been doing your shtick with the world title. And all of a sudden it's weird, just out of the blue. Now the focus is solely on Chris Jericho. And now he's having like a, a conflicted crisis, whether to stay with the, the JAS or join Don Callis. I don't know. It just came so far out of the blue. And I'm just like, Okay. <laughs> but anyway, um, but I like the fact, and I talked about this not too long ago in the show, where they're getting away from the formulaic, you know, regime. You know, you had Orange Cassidy with start off the show, defending his AEW international title, and then ending it with like another match, like some six man or tag team match with all the flips and dives that everybody just busts a load over. And now it seems to me like they're getting just a little bit out of that out of that formula. Could it be better? Sure, no question. But I do appreciate the effort trying to to to, to make this thing work. If that makes sense, you know they the Don, no Chris Jericho had a match with Commander. Um, you know Commander, you guys know freaking Commander, the dude that just loves to just jump up on the freaking middle rope and top rope every thirty to forty seconds. Um, I mean, I can take or leave the match. And then it got to a promo segment. I, I wish we could have just gotten into the promo segment. I don't, I don't know wasting the, that, that match for what close to 10 minutes was, was needed, but whatever. Um, I, I can, I can guess I can let it slide at least for now. Right. But I just, just thought I'd throw that out, throw that out there. But so, so Don Callis, he, he plays a video for Jericho, when they were a team back in, I believe it was 1995, and they had Bad News Allen in that video. This was young, you know, still having yeah. <laughs> Chris Jericho made fun of Don Cowles. Like, that's back when I still had my hair. And you, well, uh, you know, not, not so much, <laughs> right? So I can, look, I can respect the connection, Brian, and I'm going to get to you in, in, in just a few seconds here. I just find it weird how in the snap of a finger – the the attention went from both Sammy Guevara and Jericho to now just solely Chris Jericho and what he what decision he's going to make right and who knows maybe they still play that type of story with Sammy and Jericho after this blind eliminator tournament I, I don't know it, it just seems weird how the the climax and the attention has just shifted you know what I'm saying it's it's just kind of weird to me I don't yeah. mind this. I just I just find it weird how how the story and the I guess you can say what what's what's the word I'm looking for the the focal point of of the story has kind of just changed to where Chris Jericho is no longer really the heel telling Sammy Guevara what to do like hey like you know you know you know the JAS is where you belong right like you know like where have you been like you haven't called you haven't texted me like in weeks like what have you been doing and we both acknowledge Brian like finally they've been <laughs> they acknowledge that Sammy Guevara was a part of this faction but now it's reversed to where Jericho is the baby face now or playing like in that baby face type of you know right. conflict to where should I be the Jericho that that got me to the dance that became Chris Jericho or do I go in a different direction to where I team with an old friend in, in, in Don Callis? So they, they, both of them can lead to really good stuff. I, I, I agree with that. I just, again, man, it's just the direction and how, as well as how we're getting there. It's just how I'm concerned with this company moving forward. But Brian, your, your thoughts about Chris Jericho right now and what he's got going on with Don Callis as well as the JAS. 
Yeah, I definitely hear what you're saying, man. It, it is kind of weird where, you know, just a few weeks ago, Jericho was telling Guevara, like, hey, make a decision, you know, are you with us? Are you in the JS or not? Right, yeah. Now we even see a segment here where, like, Hager comes to, to, to Jericho, mm-hmm. and it's Jericho kind of saying, like, well, I don't even know if JAS, I, I don't even know if I want to be a, it to be a thing anymore. So, yeah, right. it, it, that, that 180 is, <laughs> is a little just weird, right? It, it is a little weird, um, yeah. Yeah. But, By the way, Jake Hager, man, he freaking loved that hat, man. You know it gets serious when Jake Hager had to freaking take off the hat yeah. and give it back to him because he loved that hat. <laughs> right. Um, so, yeah, that's – who knows where that's going. But the the Callus Jericho thing, um, somehow, some way, and I'm not even sure if it's going to – I don't know if it would be for the elite or for the BCC, but Jericho is getting involved in that in – that, um, uh, blood and guts, blood and guts. Somehow, yeah, some way. blood and guts. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I don't know which way he's gonna, who he's gonna go for. Um, but yeah, he's for sure getting involved in that. Um, so yeah, yeah, definitely interested to see where that goes. Um, and even, well, I, I'll save it for later. The the fifth member of the uh, of the uh, BCC mm-hmm. for later. I'll save it for later. I'll save it for later. Yeah, yeah. right on. But yeah, I'm cool with the Jericho Callus thing. But yeah, it's just a, a little weird. It's obvious that they just did a 180 or whatever whatever storyline they were going yeah. with. No longer, so, right? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's just like, and, and that's the thing too. Like, and, and and I agree with you. Like, I, I do expect Chris Jericho to play a part in this match next week, which is you know. And look, I'll tune into it. I mean, it's blood and guts, right? You can't really go wrong with the blood and guts match, right? You know, some people think like on this platform we bitch and moan, just a bitch and moan. Like, oh, if you don't like it, then then don't watch it. Uh, well, no, motherfucker. We it's it's called accountability, and we want shit to make sense, and we want to make sure that you know we we're, we're gravitating towards a freaking storyline and a freaking character. You know, just, 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 just because we criticize it a little bit doesn't mean we're going to just stop watching it, motherfucker. Again, I just I come across so many people like that over the past few days, Brian. It's been a crazy few days since you've been gone and I've run nice. into a lot of those people. And, and it's just it drains you, man. It, it really drains you that you have to educate a lot, like the amount of people you have to educate uh, in this wrestling community. It really is draining, you know. But anyway, um but yeah, no, and, and I do. I definitely expect Chris Jericho to uh, to get involved in some form or fashion to get involved. So, and and the other thing you would have to think of too, right, is that if he does get involved, you know, because how long? Because that's another thing too with Callus and Omega. Because clearly, this Don Callus and Omega thing would have to continue with the Elite if if Jericho does get involved, right? It's like you can't really go your separate ways and feud with a, 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 an entirely different person or team, right? That, that would just be, yeah. that would also just be kind of weird. So with that being the case, what would that, what would that lead to for the JAS in regards to Garcia, you know, Sammy Guevara and Jake Hager, as well as the whole gang, right? Do they just get thrown to the side or are they going to be placed in, 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 in like, you know, one-on-one matches in the middle of dynamite. And then once that's over, they just get pushed to the side so that's another thing as well, where, yeah, that could be fun, where Jericho does, he could join Don Callis, and he could be that that babyface, t- or well, not babyface, excuse me, the heel aspect, a, a different side of Jericho that's a heel. Um, but 
Yeah, I don't know. It, it's just because it, if you're going to turn him heel and do that, then you would have to think, OK, what are you going to do now with Sammy Guevara, you know, Daniel Garcia, Jake Hager and the rest of the JAS? Because if, if, now your sole focus is going to have to be with the elite because that's who you got involved with. Right. right. Is within that match, within that blood and guts match. It would be weird to just team with, with to, to officially form and, and, and re rebond with with uh, with Don Callis and then just ignore the involvement you had with the elite and just go back to the JAS. You know what I mean? And that's what yeah. and like you said, Brian, it's all about the direction too. at the end of the day. Um, can it work? Absolutely, man. And I'll give it a chance at, at the end of the day. But at the, it's just the direction in, in regards to everything with, with this company. I don't trust Tony Khan because <laughs> he hasn't given me the benefit of the doubt. And, I, and Brian, you know that as well as I do. Yeah, yeah, it's sure. just I, I don't trust it, man. I, I just don't trust that Tony Khan is going to get it right. And I'll believe it. I'll believe it when I see it. So but yeah, Brian, your, your final thoughts in, in regards to all that before we get into our, our next topic here. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I kind of think right now, at least they're they're kind of they're not the JAS story is kind of be put put on the back burner. I mean, but yeah. Um, yeah. And that's at least for the, the short term future, the next couple months or whatever. Um, I, I think that's kind of how it's going to go. I mean, you know, I had mentioned like Garcia and Guevara in a tag. I mean, I, I think that could be pretty decent. I mean, Hager never really, he never really did much of anything, so you're you're not really missing anything there. And even since um, you know, Cool Hand Ange and Daddy Magic or is it, yeah, Daddy Magic have joined JAS, and they haven't done much of anything either, really. Yeah. Um. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it looks like it, Jericho is going to get involved with something else. Hager is probably just going to basically disappear. And I guess for the short term, Guevara and Garcia are in a tag. Right. And, and see, and, that, and that's, but that, but, and that's the weird thing about it. Right. And that's just like, they, they yeah. suddenly just become directionless. Right. And that's pretty much right. been the main, the main focal point of this entire podcast. This episode is the direction. Sure. Yeah. You're going to get some, you could get a potentially really cool shtick with Don Callis and Chris Jericho. But again, what does that lead with? with everybody else in the JAS, you know, they just become another member on the roster. And right. I just don't like that, Brian. You know, I just don't like that. It, it, unless they have plans for them, if they do involve Jericho with the elite and Don Callis and that whole spiel, you know, I just wish that there is a plan, you know, do yeah, I trust yeah. that there's a plan? Probably not. Um, but that's the thing man. I, I just, you know, cause we talk about Sammy Guevara even when he was going after the world title, how there's potential in the dude. And I yeah. hate to just yeah. once again, waste opportunities to where yeah. you can put Sammy Guevara in some good shit that again, that doesn't even need to involve a title. You don't even have to have him go after the TNT title. Please don't do that. Tony Khan. He's already been in it enough. <laughs> please don't do that, please. Um, and, and even the world title, he doesn't even need that. And he's not even really ready for it. But involve him in some shit, maybe some 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 something with with Daniel Garcia. I, I don't know how in, intriguing that's going to be for a lot of casuals, but um, or or just you know just again just have a plan, man. You know yeah, maybe yeah. you know maybe develop 2.0 as a legit tag team now. You know as we've always talked about 2.0 that they could be a, a cool tag team. I mean Daddy Magic 
and 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 that tag team and everything and how I mean Daddy Magic man we we can't say any we can't say so many good things about Daddy Magic and how we we've already we've seen enough to where this dude is freaking entertaining as shit yeah and if you give him something hey let him rock dude you know what I'm saying I mean he's he's done he's done very well for what he's given with the JAS and what he's involved in so that's what I mean it's just like good for Jericho. But at the same time, like, I'm not a fan of just putting things on the back burner and pushing it aside. Yeah, because if you're going to push the rest of the JS aside, then at least have something, have something for them. Mm-hmm. You know, like, don't leave them in a directionless pit to where they just, they're just in the back with in catering, collecting dust. So that that's just, that's just my gripe with it at, at the end of the day. But uh but yeah, that that's that's mainly what we wanted to to talk about in regards to Jericho. Does it have potential? Absolutely. Um, will we give it a chance? Absolutely. But do we trust it? Debatable. Probably. Probably yeah. not. Right. Uh, but we'll see. We'll we'll see it when the when the time comes. So. But let us get into. Uh, I do want to get into. Well, let's since we are closing up on the Chris Jericho thing, I, I guess I can talk about the fifth members. Right. The fifth members. Of uh of that blood and guts match, which is going to be Pack as well, <clears throat> excuse me, as well as Kyo uh, Ibishi. I hope I'm pronouncing that name right. By the way, I apologize if I'm not. Um, but those yeah, are the yeah. is that um, yeah, okay? That's what yeah. that's what I figured, right? Um, those are going to be your fifth members. So Ibishi is going to be representing the elite, and uh, Pack is going to be representing uh the BCC. It was actually good to see Pack, and even though Pack is again one of those dudes that you know, definitely, definitely relies a lot on his in-ring offensive move sets with the flips and the dives and all that stuff. We've seen that when he was Neville freaking <laughs> in freaking uh, in the cruiserweight division in WWE um, and, and stuff like that. Um, but this little pack type of character that he's been rocking with for a while, there's always been potential there. So, um, but yeah, I mean, pack is the fifth member with the elite. Um, I, I don't know. I, I guess, I, I guess no harm, no foul. I mean, you're involving him in something. It's just, um, and there is a little bit of history there, which I can also understand too. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, look at the end of the day, this blood and guts match is going to be solid. And at the end of the day, Brian, when it comes to the match alone, I, I just wish that there's again, you know, like the notion we've been saying this entire show is there's direction for everybody. Once this is all said and done. And that includes Pack, right? Because I think Pack, and I don't know how you would feel about this, is that once this is over, unless, because again, if and this, I guess, determines about Chris Jericho and where his allegiance lies, right? Mm-hmm. Um, unless maybe you also want to do a future match with Pack and Kenny Omega, maybe. I, I don't know. Maybe that could be somewhere where you go. But again, if Chris Jericho gets involved then Pac is kind of just, I don't know. I mean, he's not a member of the BCC. He's just, right. he's just filling in the role. So after this match, man, I just wish that there is something for Pac. Um, so what that is, I don't know, but, uh, but Brian, I'll, I'll have, I'll, I'll send that off to you, man. Your thoughts of these, uh, these last members filling in for the blood and guts match and your thoughts about seeing them and your thoughts about this match uh for next week i believe it's next week right i believe it's next week the blood and guts match okay that's what i figure but yeah your thoughts in regards to all that yeah so uh, i mean abishi uh, i i literally know nothing about the guy i can't speak (laughs) on him um i know new japan but i i just 
I don't watch much of it. So um, I'm sure he's as, you know, a lot of these Japan wrestlers, I mean, they're fucking talented as shit, man. Um, dude, strong style Japan wrestling. Those motherfuckers yeah. will kick your ass, dude. Like, Back, so, man. Serious. Yeah. 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 Um, and so yeah, packing, I mean, it kind of came out of left field. Um, I didn't see that coming, but, um, you know, I, I've always kind of been a fan of his, um, even back to when AEW first started, like if you can remember back, I mean, he was one of the guys up there at the top, right? You know, kind of kicking this company off. Like, and you know, he was getting a push and heavily involved. Um, and while he does do some of the, you know, flips and dives, he also has like a vicious streak that I think fits perfectly with the BCC, to be honest. Um, but yeah, that being said, I, I mean, I think for this match and, and in a blood and guts match, yeah, man, uh, him joining the BCC, dude, that's gonna be that's gonna be fucking brutal for sure. Uh, but like you said, afterwards, um, yeah, I, I don't know, I don't know where he goes from there. Um, does he still kind of is he like one of like a pseudo member of the BCC kind of? You know, who knows? I don't know. Um, but for this match next week, uh, it, it'll be good. It'll be entertaining. Um, but like you said, I, I hope they have something for Pac afterwards. Because, uh, you know, he, he's kind of been one of those guys where, I don't know, I, I see him in, a, in the same vein as like a Finn Balor or I, I could probably go down the list where, man, like he's caught fire and yeah. been like right on the cusp. Mm -hmm. And then like an injury will happen or, or something. And then he's knocked back. He down. has dealt with a lot of injuries. He actually, yeah. he's dealt with a lot of injuries. Yeah. That, which has kind of definitely derailed his momentum. Uh, yeah. A lot of times throughout his, at least in his AEW career, for the most yeah, part. WWE yeah, WWE too. Yeah, I mean that's yeah uh, WWE as well. Yeah, mm -hmm. he was out for a good like uh, I want to say like year, year and a half maybe in WWE. Yeah. When he was, was yeah, when he was a heel, when he was a heel, I believe as cruiserweight champion. Another. Um. By the way, what about Eddie Kingston? By the way, is Eddie Kingston in this match? By the, I don't think he is. No, no. Uh -uh. With that, isn't that also kind of weird too? How now Kingston has kind of just been, again, man, pushed. Pushed to the side, which is really, 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 really interesting. Um, so yeah, again, man, just freaking AEW, bro. Yeah, there's, just there's like you bring them. You... There's, there's Hangman, the Bucks, uh huh, Omega uh, and Abishi. Omega and Abishi, yeah, yeah, and Abishi, right, right. mm -hmm. exactly. Yeah. So Eddie Kingston is nowhere to be found. Yeah. Um, well, he's supposed to be telling a story with with Mox, with Mox. but they're not. They're not really, they're not really doing a great maybe job. Maybe he comes of out too, like yeah, like I said, Jericho. I, I think Jericho is getting involved. Maybe it's gonna, maybe it's gonna I be like, it's gonna involved. be fucking mayhem. Like everybody's probably gonna get involved, and it's gonna be yeah. a fucking circus. But in a circus to where it, it could, it could work. It couldn't be completely like insane to where it's just like, all right, what the fuck is this? Right. So right. I don't know. I, I, uh, blood and guts matches usually never disappoint. So. Sure. I'll I'll give it a chance to just to see where things are. As long as there's a direction for everybody at the end of the day, Brian, then that's all I really care about. And if there's yep. not, well, you're going <laughs> to hear it from me. So, yeah. but let's move on. Uh, let, let's move on. I do want, let's jump straight into MJF and, uh, and Adam Cole, man, this dude, again, I, I said this once, I'm going to say it again, legit. It, it it's not the BCC and the elite. It's not Chris Jericho. It's not, it's not this Owen Hart cup tournament. It's freaking MJF and Adam Cole 
that is the best thing that is going on in in this freaking company. There Seriously, I, yeah. I, I, it's because, and I mentioned this last week, and how okay they're going to play this coexisting game, and I'm just like, okay, that's I, I, just that's just weird, you know, because again, we've seen one coexisting type of story, we've seen them all, but it's just the way that they're doing it. And the story that's being told between the two, you know, it's not like this, this regular type of coexisting game where, oh, you face so-and-so in a match and you have to coexist. And then in two weeks, you're going to face at a pay-per-view for the said title. But now there's, there's structure, you know, there's actually structure in how we're, how we're getting there, how it finishes the story remains to be seen as well. But just they're making it work, bro. It's just like MJF being a cheesy type of freaking baby face. And just like everything that he does is just like just very weird and cheesy. But it freaking works, man. <laughs> it just freaking it just freaking works. Like the way that they come out during their entrance, um, like freaking MJF is just copying everything that Adam Cole does. He's he's running circles like Shawn Michaels would run circles around freaking Triple H and DX. Like it'd be, it's just, dude, it's entertaining as shit, man. And again, you listen to the crowd, like guys, the the crowd was popping from a potential body slam that freaking MJF was about to give big bill. (laughs) If that doesn't, if that doesn't scream that this shit is working, I don't know what does Um, from a body slam, bro. That that's all it freaking takes when you allow fans to connect. And and good for Adam Cole, too, because we also talked about Adam Cole and how, you know, as of late, since he's been in AEW, there really hasn't been much to really gravitate towards the dude. Well, now, finally, this has been the best thing that he's got going on since he's been in, since he's been since he's been part of the company. So but yeah, man, there's really there's really not a whole much I can really say, man. I mean, they were in a they were in a really funny bar segment. They're just drinking and taking shots and stuff. There were four girls that walked past them. Be like, "Hey, like two for me, two for you. Like, what's what's good, dude?" He's like, "No, nah, dude. Like you, like bro. Like you know, I'm with Britt. Like I can't do that to her. Like, all right, more for daddy." And he freaking walks off. And with the four girls, he comes back. It's just like you know, <laughs> he's uh, I forget I forget what the line was. It's like the maximum ride had was well spent or yeah, something yeah, like that. Um, and then freaking Cole confesses about like, oh, because there was talks about. Oh, like, dude, like, where's your shirt, dude? It's just like, all right, it's, it's, it's been, it's been a while since now we've been forming this team. Like, where's the shirt, bro? Like, where's, where's the, where, where's, where's the team player in you? And, and like, come on now. Um, and Cole's confesses, like, listen, I, I, I lost the shirt, but then he also says, all right, I never lost the shirt, man. I'm sorry, but, but, like, I'll put the shirt on if we do, if I, if I say what we do next. And MJ's up, MJF's like, all right, what do you want to do? And this leads to them playing video games. At freaking at, at, at Adam Cole's crib. If you guys know Adam Cole, he likes to twitch. He likes to stream as a lot of wrestlers like to do nowadays. I mean, hey, good for them, right? right. Um, but at least in regards to telling Adam Cole's background story about, hey, the, the dude just likes to outside of wrestling and beating people up. He likes to freaking play some video games. And freaking MGF is like, I'm not about to play video games like a virgin nerd. <laughs> And then Adam Cole's like, and then and then MJF starts playing. He gets into it. It's like, hey, this is actually kind of fun. And they start to freaking bond. And you just, it's just so funny, man. It's just like you, you're hanging on to everything that they do as well, right? That's what also makes a really good segment as well as a story. You're hanging on to every single moment, right? The the gym bro segment last week. They're getting a gym session in. And then the freaking playing video games. And then at the bar, uh, the matches that they're putting on. The freaking tag match was freaking hilarious. You know, just again, just 
MJF just being a, a comedic, just being com- comedy gold, just trying to body slam freaking Big Bill. He failed the first time and he body slams him the second time. They're doing a bunch of push-ups and stuff like again, but even though this, it may sound like if you didn't watch the show, it may sound like weird. Like what push-ups? Like, what are you talking about? How is that good? Yeah. But it's the way that it, the, the scene approaches. It's just, it just right, fits, right. man. It just, everything yeah. that ties in with the match, it just fits everything. Again, storytelling um, within the match, right? Not Yes, like, exactly. exactly. Not, you know, it was also telling a story, you know? So, yeah. Exactly, man. And that's what it is at the end, at the end of the day, you know, and that's why I can, I can somewhat get behind the blind eliminator tournament, right? Before that, I was like, okay, like, like, what are we doing here? Because, you know, there's a tag division, Brian, like we mentioned, that is, has a lot of potential. However, however, if you, if you involve people like MJF and Adam Cole to tell a story, then that, that makes sense. And that's captivating sign me up. <laughs> right. And again, and I don't know what, and again, but for everybody else though, it's kind of the short end of the stick, but at least for what it's doing for MJF and Adam Cole, not bad. So at least there's that. Cause if we just had a blind eliminator tournament to where there's really no direction, there's really no, there's no substance into anything. You're just throwing a random motherfucker after a random motherfucker in a team. Then it's just like, okay, what are we doing? But in regards to MJF and Adam Cole and what they're doing, uh, it's everything that they're doing is working. Everything that they're doing, it fits. And Tony Khan, for the love of God, do not fuck this up. What you got going on is really, really good right now. And the only thing that can mess this up because MJF is going to do his thing. Adam Cole, he seems to me, he seems to have a really good connection with this dude as well. You know, Adam Cole is going to do his thing as well. The only thing that can fuck this up, Tony Khan, is you. Okay. So please, for the love of God, just continue whatever you got going on and please do not F this up for the love of God, please. So Brian, I'm going to get to your, I'm going to get to your thoughts. Cause I know I was, I was thinking about what your thoughts are in regards to when I made uh, some statements last week in regards to this, uh, in regards to this feud, in regards to this story with MJF and Adam Cole, but yeah, man, your, your thoughts about this bromance as of, as of late with MJF and Adam Cole and what it's leading to. Yeah, seriously, the best thing on AEW right now. Um, yeah, generally, I'm not a fan of these, like, coexisting things because, yeah, generally what it is, it's no more than a a two-week thing where you just go out and have matches and then they fight exactly. each other pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. But if you do it this way, and I'll go back to the greatest one of all time, the Rock and Sock Connection, man. Yeah. Um, you know, odd pairing – Initially, I, like, I can't even remember, like, what the fuck? Like, how how is this going to work? But, oh, my God, man. It, it, seriously, to this day, have you ever seen the um, uh, the Rock and Sock Connection segment, um, like, Rock, This Is Your Life? Have you ever yes. seen that? Yes. And <laughs> one, of, one of the best segments ever in fucking professional Facts. wrestling, period. Like, Facts, man. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. So, and not everybody can do that right you got to get two special people like an yeah MJF, like exactly an mm-hmm. to 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 do these type of vignette things but man when you get two guys that can do it oh it's fucking awesome man and this absolutely is, this is another yeah. example of it absolutely man yeah Just, um funny the little shticks they're doing you know you know um 
and even man, I'll say this about MGF because ultimately, I think where this is going, you know, while MGF is kind of sort of playing a baby face now, he's still a heel. He's turning on Cole at some point. This is going to play out for a little bit. He's going to turn on Cole, but just what you've been able to see him do in a babyface role, like this guy, and eventually in his career, he's going to turn babyface, no doubt. Yeah. But when that time comes, when he really does turn babyface, dude, money still, it's going to be, it doesn't matter. Like this guy has it, man. He is going to, he is going to be the top babyface. He is going to be the top heel. It doesn't matter. He's that fucking good. Um, so yeah, but, but this whole segment, yep. Liked it. Um, again, it just makes me think to the rock and sock connection and all the funny type of shit that they did, man. And if, again, you can't do it every time because you, you need wrestlers that can pull it off. But man, if you get the coexisting with wrestlers like this, it's fucking awesome, man. (laughs) It really is dude. So yeah, Yeah. I'm interested to see where this goes. Um, oh, even the entrance, man. Well, yes, DX too. But if you go back to the Steiners, uh, the Steiner brothers, the Steiner, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Yep, that's that's a kind of like <laughs> that's another uh, yeah. Where, or Scott Steiner will kind of you, you do the be Adam Cole in that scenario where uh, MJF would be Rick Steiner, and you know the dog face gremlin. He kind of like crawl through uh, Rick's legs, but yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And just so even that little you know, nod to, you know, to a bygone era, man. It's just, they're, they're <laughs> fucking killing it, man. They really are. Yep. Yeah. Very, very, very well said, man. Very, very well said, you know, and, and like you said, man, you know, not a lot of people. And I said this last week, like you can't teach that type of connection, right? Like you mentioned yeah. with rock, the rock and sock connection with Mick Foley and the rock, you know, even team hell. No, like Daniel Bryan and Kane, like they, they really made that, that team yep. work for what it was. You know, and they made it and they and it, it's become a funny comedic team that we all know to this day, you know, but but you can't teach that with everybody. And with Adam Cole and MJF, they fucking got it, bro. Yeah, yeah really freaking they really freaking do. And even though it's only temporary and it sucks that it is because I really want to continue to see more of these two because it just works so well. But we know that it's temporary, but still. It's gravitating towards us to the said match, which it's probably going to be at all in at Wembley Stadium for the most part. But if this is how you're going to get there, at least at least get to Wembley. Like, give him, give me another month, month and a half of this at least, please. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, Yeah. that that's probably what it's going to be, man. Because especially the way that this is going and how many people are into it, to me, you have to do that. That, Like, at this point, like for the at least for the title once again, especially if you're going to do you know, a rematch, because again, they did have the eliminator match for 30 plus minutes. That's a stage where you have to have that match. You just have to, yeah. you cannot have this match again on a dynamite or a collision or a blood and guns. It, it can't happen. It, it, it right. can, it can absolutely not happen. Um, so yeah, man, it's just, you know, again, Tony Khan, do not fuck it up, please. You've got <laughs> something. This is the best thing. And, and I, and I can maybe, and I know we've spoken a lot of positive things, Brian, about about Dynamite in certain to a certain degree. But I got to tell you, man, this has been the first, I'd say, story or feud that has really, really gravitate my attention in a very long time with this company for a while. You know what yep. I'm saying? Like yep. we really haven't felt this way 
about a certain story or, or, or two individuals like this in a very long time in this company. And that's what's just well, been so refreshing, you know? But yeah, Brian, go ahead. No, just, you know, like how you say, like, is it, it you know, what's making me tune in, you know, next week? Like, I want to see what they're going to do next week. There like, you go. It, that right there, yes. that is it. Yes. I want to see, yeah. Absolutely, I mean, that, man. Wrestling 101, man. Like, what I want to see what these guys are going to do next week. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's what it, that's what it's all about, man. You know, get get people not just, you know, that want to tune in, but they need to tune in as well next week. Like I need to see because of how good this shit is. I right. need to see what happens between between MJF and, and, and Adam Cole. Right. And if you don't have that, then professional wrestling can only go so far, you know, but if hey, for anybody listening, do yourself a favor. If you've never seen the the segment, this is your life with the with the rock and, and Mick yes. Foley. Do yourself a favor. Please go, go watch it. Please go check. Please go check that out for sure. Absolutely. Before yeah. before we end things here, and we'll talk a little bit about Nick Wayne, I guess, to end things with dynamite. But I, I have to give a cheer, man. Everything about about what's going on with, with these two, man. Just chef's kiss. Absolutely. <laughs> Just comedy gold, chef's kiss, all of the above. You name it, man. And and trust me, we'll we'll, we'll continue to get into these two, and, and, and as far as what it's leading to, and uh, and, and seeing where things go moving forward. As uh, as of course we we expect that this match is going to probably take place at Wembley Stadium, as it should be uh, for August uh, for All In. But uh, we will talk more about this next week and moving forward for the foreseeable future. But before we get into NXT, let me talk a little bit about uh, Nick Wayne. You know, I was. I was hit or miss to talk about this kid, but hey, you know what? He was he was put into a really, I, I guess you can say a really high limelight because hey, this this dude's match with Swerve Strickland was legit at the end of the second hour, um, which to be honest with you, I wouldn't have put it that late in the second hour to be quite honest with you. Um, I, I feel like that that's kind of a match that you can just put in the middle of your in the middle of your dynamite. Um, but here's what I'll say about this kid, Nick. Right? I mean, he's 18 years old. There's not really much I can critique about the the, the kid because he's 18 years old, um, yeah. you know. But hey, tremendous wrestler. <laughs> I mean, she, I mean, we've seen clips with him and Darby Allen always, you know, uh, training together and wrestling together. So obviously he knows. Like, he, of course he's he's going to be very well experienced in the ring, and, and I'm sure he's going to be a part of a lot of people's highlight reels. But the question is for this kid: Is this you know? Is he just going to be another high flyer? Is he just going to be another good technical wrestler? Or is this dude going to actually find a character, you know, as he gets older and and really gravitate towards people that you know that people give a crap about him, you know? Cuz again, man, there's there's so many there's so many flips and dives that you can just see every single day or so many Canadian destroyers or hurricanes off the top rope in one freaking week, right? And that's another thing about AEW to where you know, that people really can't, you know, you see a lot of clips and a lot of videos of arenas that are half empty, right? We talk about the viewerships down because again, it's kind of, if you see one amazing Canadian destroyer, Hurricanrana, then you've kind of just seen them all at this point, you know, yeah. and it's kind of overexposing the business in a way to where people can only see so much of the same maneuver from so many amount of people in such a short amount of time. So with this kid, Nick, hey, I mean, I, I expect this this kid to put on a decent, I believe it was like somewhere around a little over 10 minutes, which I expect to give this dude time. 
you know, to, to let people know, hey, this dude is a tremendous wrestler, a tremendous wrestler. You know, you should, you know, pay attention to this kid because he's a, he's the future of our of our company, I guess, because I believe he's now officially all elite. Um, but again, the question is, is that in, in a few years from now, you know, and I will give the kid a chance because he's 18 years old. I'm not going to not going to really put on a pedestal and be that freaking mean guys. I know I can be mean. I can be harsh. I could be very critical, but trust me, I, I'm not going to freaking right out of the jump. Just start criticizing the kid. And trust me, I'm not going to do that. Uh, but Hey, for what the match was, it was fine. Um, I feel like the kid could have settled just a little bit more, but Hey, again, um, he was, he was fine for what it was. It was a fine match. Uh, I know he's had a match with the past, with Swerve Strickland, which is why this match took place, because, you know, they have that chemistry in the ring. They've worked together in the ring several times, so that's why they've had this match coming um, up into this moment last night on Dynamite. So, yeah, I mean, no harm, no foul. I, I mean, for what it was, you know, obviously you got to give, if this is what you want to do for the kid at such a young age, you got to give the kid, you know, his feet wet, put him in with people that he's worked with. And, you know, you know, I, I mean... I, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, this kid is going to be special. This kid's going to be a star. No, I'm not, I'm not there yet because again, and, but yet the kid does have time and I'll give him a chance. But as of right now, I can't really say whether he's going to fail or whether he's going to succeed. It's just like, I just have to see more of the kid. So, uh, but yeah, Brian, your, your thoughts in regards to Nick Wayne and his match with Swerve Strickland before we move on to NXT. Yeah. I'm, I'm just, you know, seeing a little bit of his backstory, man. I'm just always going to root for somebody like that. Um, and yeah, like yeah. I said, he's 18 years old. In, in professional wrestling, like, I don't think really, I mean, there's been very few wrestlers. Um, yeah, at 18 years old, you don't know what this kid's going to be. I mean, you go back to somebody like, uh, even like a Randy Orton, right? Where you know he's, you know, talented at 21 years old, but I mean, his, yeah. Any I, I highly. Work, I, I think the best wrestlers work, no matter who you are. I, I highly. Sometime between like thirty and forty years old is when you find your character and you yeah. find the experience. So because I, I, I highly know. doubt. I highly doubt that fans back then thought that Randy Orton was going to turn into the superstar that he is today. Like I, I bet you nobody was thinking that, bro. Like Randy Orton at such a young age, he's coming onto the seat. Oh yeah, this kid, this dude is going to be. This dude's going to be in, in legendary feuds with. With Triple H and John Cena, yeah, this kid is going to be special, guys. I'm, I'm, I, I, you know, I, I bet kinda, you. I, to be honest, I kind of did, but only for one reason. Well, maybe because of because of, because of his because of his was, father. Because of his father, because he was the second generation. Yeah, so because of his father, he was going to get. You knew he was going to get the push, the time, the whatever. Right, and, right, right, right. You know, yeah. of course, you never know where he's going to go, or I mean, he could completely derail himself. But I just mean, as far as like talent wise, like yeah, this this kid, you know, is going to yeah. get it. Absolutely, but wrestlers don't really find themselves, and are and, and I, I just believe any wrestler's work is generally done between like the ages of like thirty and forty, like somewhere in there where they've they've honed their character, they know their character, they've got the season in the ring. So anyway, but yeah, just shout out to him. I mean, for you know, live TV, um, you know, I heard he just had a, a recently did a tour in Japan, I guess. Uh, so yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, live TV first match on live TV in America, eighteen years old. Um, yeah, pretty pretty damn good. I mean, for an eighteen year old, you know, obviously he's not, uh, you know, it wasn't a five star banger, but no. nor nor should it be. He he did very well for an eighteen year old kid out there, you know, on on national TV. So 
Shout Absolutely. out to him. I'll, I'll definitely be checking in on him. But yeah, kid's got time, um, and he'll go through many different variations of characters and and whatever between now and whatever his peak is, I guess. Um, yeah. But yeah, just a cool little story, man. Um, and I did just want to give one one more quick shout out. <laughs> I don't know if this is going anywhere, means anything, whatever. I, I don't know. But um, Harley, whatever her name is, uh, that did a, I guess, a rap in response. Harley, to yeah, play. Cameron, I believe. It. Yeah, her last name is Cameron, I believe. Harley son, yeah, Cameron. A so, part of Q, QT Marshall and QTV or whatever, yeah. I, I will say, like, I don't know if she wrote this rap, but she could deliver <laughs> pretty damn good. I mean, she was, that was, that was pretty good, man. I, I, I got to give it to her. So, yeah, uh, yeah. Like I said, I don't think this is going to really go much of anywhere within within wrestling or, or, or this feud or whatever, but um, especially if she wrote that and wrapped it, I mean, eh, she might have a, a career in, in, I don't know, writing or something, because that was pretty good. <laughs> yeah, no, shout out to her. I mean, honestly, like, yeah. you know, it was good for what it was. I mean, I yeah, can give yeah. two shits about what they're doing. <laughs> about what QT Marsh and that's no fault of their own that's just yeah, again right, Tony right. Khan and booking for you but yeah no hey I was the same boat as you Brian I'm like hey like I hear I'm here rapping like I'm on my phone right I'm thinking like oh okay this is just a bunch of filler whatever just yeah, to get yeah. to just 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 to get to the main event segment or match whatever so I'm like on my phone I'm like all right whatever this is shit whatever. and I hear and I'm hearing a rap and I'm looking up I'm like okay <laughs> I'm like okay that's 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 not half bad so yeah no shout out to her um and again I apologize because I'm also forgetting her, her full name, but uh, I'm sure you'll probably see more of her because they are giving her a lot of TV times from yeah, both yeah. Rampage and Dynamite. So it seems like they have a lot of stock in her. So, oh, we, but, we, uh, uh, sorry, man, go ahead. Just no, no, go ahead, TV, man. I, I think we got to mention, like, I mean, fuck, I don't know where they're going with it, but Hobbs turning on QT, which I, I don't even know what the QT factor. I, I don't even know what that shit is, or where I, I don't even know. Like, Ugh, uh, it's, yeah it, it's just it's just it's just weird I, I don't know what they're doing man like Hobbs like and ever since AEW, he man it's just they're like as much as as much as WWE doesn't know what to do with like the flippy diver guys AEW yeah. doesn't know what to do with big guys because I mean like Big Bill <laughs> Hobbs, right. Wardlow Lance Archer like these guys could and probably would be stars in, in WWE, you know, just, just cause of their size and, and they do have ability. I mean, for sure. Um, but yeah, in AEW, man, the, the big man, just what the fuck? Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's weird, man. It, it's, it's really, really weird. Like powerhouse Hobbs, that dude has not been freaking relevant since he's kind of like, to be honest with you. I mean, for, I understand he held the TNT title or whatever. Right. But ever since the whole Team Taz thing kind of just yeah. was, was gone, I really haven't gravitate towards anything that Powerhouse Hobbs no, or Will Hobbs, either. whatever the fuck you want to call this dude, uh, since then. So it's a shame. And Lance Archer, man, I mean, how many times, Brian, have I freaking have been just throwing my hands up in the air saying, where the fuck is Lance Archer? And he's still nowhere to be found. Well, and it's a shame, little, bro. Did you see the little uh, vignette package? They Because it is... I think he might be having a match next week on AEW. I didn't see that. Uh, and then I mean, I'll take your word. I'll take your word for it. On a tour, like a European tour in Japan, and they had a little like vignette package of Archer, you know, winning some matches over there. Um, hmm. And I think, yeah, I think next week he'll be having a match. But 
yeah, I mean, he'll hmm. have a match, and then, yeah, maybe we'll see him in uh, September. <laughs> so, yeah, <I laughs> right. Yeah, no. Um, I mean, listen, I mean, I, I, I did not see that, uh, but I'll take your word for it. I'll, I'll definitely take your word for it with that, but I'll have to look into that. But, yeah, so, and, and, I mean. They're, they're wasting these guys. Yeah, they're they're wasting them, man. Even like Eddie Kingston, Lance Archer, all these all these guys, man, are just being fucking wasted, and it's just ridiculous. Because again, there's just so many people on this roster, bro. Yeah, yeah. That's the main. That's the that's main the problem, problem about right, everything. Right. There is a lot of motherfuckers. Until you see like the actual like the number of people on the roster, like the number, it, it, it's like you you think to yourself, and you're like, wow, there's a lot of fucking people in this company. But that's the problem, man, because you're trying to fit everybody, right? I mean, like Sky Blue, right? And this is the last thing I'll mention about AW Dynamite because it's just an example I popped in my head, right? Sky Blue, as much as I respect the woman, right? She's cute and everything. She's, you know, she's kind of a little bit of eye candy, right? She's been getting better with her wrestling skills at times, but you, she comes out, guys, and this is not even my personal perspective about about her, Brian. Just listening to the crowd when she comes out, there's fucking crickets, man. Nobody cares. Like nobody cares about because I've mentioned her here a few times, man. Like, how many times now has she lost to either Soraya, Tony Storm, or um, Bro or almost every week, bro? Like one of the three are kicking her ass. Every They're week. kicking her ass every right. It's just like and we ex and, and, and like fans expect to treat her like a like a serious like challenger or whatever. Like it makes no and like and, and the crowd just continues to just not even like just give her no like there's no reaction. Right, <laughs> she comes right. out the dead silence. So that's the thing, right? Like and I know she's Sky a Blue. Woman, like she's she's got time, but if you're just no, yeah, no, she there, no, but yeah, no, the, but that's what I mean. Trust me, and, and this is what I meant about like you know, I, I talked about failed experiments for WWE, right? And what I mean by failed experiments is that it's not that I'm saying that they don't have time to build something to gravitate towards fans. You know what I'm saying? Like there isn't something there. I always, I, I'm in a firm belief that everybody has a place in the, in, in a wrestling company, right? Everybody's talented, right? They're all there for a reason, but there comes a time where some people need to be on television that are pulling in, in numbers. And then, the, and then there's people that are not. And Sky right. Blue is, is one of those that, – that's what I'm – you see what I'm saying right now? You see what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, like sure. Sky Blue should not be on AEW Dynamite Television. She just she just shouldn't be. If you want to put her you know, on, on Rampage, if you want to try to develop her something, but if you're not if, – if there's no direction for her, because like you said, she's just losing to the fucking uh, – to the outcast or one of the members of the outcast every week – if there's no character development to where people want to see her, then just leave her in the back, man. You know, I'd rather like, yeah, even with right. I mean, I would, I would just her. rather, I would just rather her stay in the back than her just come out to no fucking reaction. Yeah, like that's my pro. Like she's on the show, but Lance Archer and everyone else can't get on there. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, you're telling me Lance Archer can't get anything. This dude has been freaking ready. And this dude has been off TV consistently for how long now? You know, he's he's one of your vets. He's one of your vets that's ready right now. But yeah, and and same goes for WWE about LA Knight as well as Austin Theory. Austin Theory, they've been playing this experiment for 
God knows how long. And I get it. The kid has time. I'm not saying the kid's not talented. I'm not saying the kid can't find it. But what he's got rocking with right now, he should not be holding on to a United States championship and being a major focal point of your company. He just shouldn't be. You have to go to the drawing board. And when the time is ready, boom, you, you, you put him on television, you let him rock. But for people like L.A. Knight, that wasn't even on the fucking show this past Friday oh, at Madison no. Square Garden. That no, was I'm just so yeah, fucking yeah, weird. Yeah, I'll, I'll save WWE. I got to. Yeah, I was to say, I know you got a lot of stuff to say about oh, that, Brian. We'll, we'll talk. We'll, we're going to talk about that when we get into SmackDown as well as L.A. Knight, because yeah. we are not done talking about L.A. Knight. Trust me. But yeah, you leave him off your show, but yet you're still trying to test this experiment with Austin Theory. That's not doing anything for your company. And that's just telling you that you have to go back to the drawing board with theory, as well as for people like Sky Blue and AEW. Not saying that they that they that they don't have time, like they're never going to succeed, right? That's what I mean about these about my take about experiments. It's like I'm not saying that they'll never ever be a success in wrestling. That's not what I'm saying. It's just as of right now, it's not working for them to where they need to be on television. Yeah. So again, I, I hope that clears it up for everybody. I even had to make a separate video for that because people just did not understand that take that I have in regards to that. So I hope that clears that up everything uh, for everybody who do watch these podcasts religiously. Um, so I hope that clears the air with everything there. But but Brian, before I get into NXT, your final thoughts in regards to AEW, Collision, Dynamite, and everything everything else as a whole in regards to this, what, what AEW's got rocking with right now. Um, you know, uh, like, you know, I missed last week, but, you know, we had mentioned a few here where, you know, Dynamite's starting to, yeah, there's, there's a few things catching my interest. Um, like I said, Collision, I just like that, that, that just, for me personally, just the way the show feels, the way the matches flow, um, to me, it just, it reminds me of, of kind of what I grew up with a little bit more than than what you generally get in any of today's wrestling. So yeah, that's, that's why I, you know, kind of uh, uh, lean that way. I, I understand it's new. There's issues, you know, but we'll see where it goes. Um, and dynamite, you know, the, the, the Cole MGF stuff, fucking awesome. Um, BCC elite Jericho, you know, Pax now been introduced into the story as well as, uh, Ibishi. Um, yeah, it's going to be an awesome blood and guts match for sure. Uh, we'll see what the fallout is from that, but, um, you know, just, just these two shows into this, this past week, uh, they were decent. They, you know, if you're yeah. grading it on a scale of one to a hundred, I'd say like, a 60, 70, you know? So, yeah, no, absolutely. It. No, I, I know. And I, and I can definitely agree with you with that. We, we can definitely agree uh, to that statement. Definitely. I mean, there's been nothing about these shows that have been bad at all. Yeah. Uh, if, 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 if people want to tell me, Hey, collision was good. And, and dynamite was good last night and, and collision was good this past Saturday. Hey, I completely agree with you. A absolutely. How, but you know, but like I always say, Brian, in regards to, in regards to wrestling, I never like accepting the bare minimum, you know, yeah, because yeah. like you said, like you talk about like Saturday night, you know, like Saturday night events from back in the day, like that has potential. If you put some storyline, a storyline or two in your show, that could do wonders for it, mm -hmm. you know? And, and that's what I don't want to, I don't want to ignore at the end of the day where yes, it's, it's going well, you know, it's, it's, it, the show flows very well. Absolutely. There's no question. It, it does better 
it has done better than most AW Dynamite shows that we've covered since we've started this podcast. Um, but at the end of the day, man, it's just, you know, I always go back to saying that, you know, I think these wrestlers are worth more than what they're given right now in regards to connecting with an audience, drawing in numbers, drawing in metrics, drawing in ratings and, and, and everything else as a whole. And like we always say too, man, this is a, this is a roster in this company that is, that has a lot of potential. That's pretty stacked. Sure. It's overflowed as fuck, but there's a lot of talent, man, that you can really use. But like, again, we talked about the start of the show. There's no direction. If there's really no consistency in regards to where people are going, then it no, none of that, none of that really matters at, at the end of the day, you know? Um, collision will probably, I mean, I, I can definitely see collision and dynamite. I, I do like the fact with dynamite, we're out of that formulaic, redundant, nauseating freaking formula of dynamite. <laughs> I mean, Brian, how many times have we went over that show to where it just feels like a chore to like, all right, when, when's the next segment? Are we done with the show? Right? Like, yeah, like can I, we get I the show go with? that far as giving them? I mean, you, you've, you've done well for a week or two here, but. That's what I would say. Like, if somebody, so they've been oh yeah, no, I like yeah, a year or two. Like, great, you you've done it for a couple of weeks here, but I'm not ready to say. I mean, it's, it's great they've done it for two weeks, but you got you got to keep it. Like, I have no doubt. Like, give it. I wouldn't be surprised if next week if Cassidy starts the show. I mean, it wouldn't. Oh yeah, oh yeah, no, no, no. I no, trust me, Brian. I, I don't give them. I don't give yeah. them the benefit of the doubt, right? <laughs> at least for what I have seen. At least from what I saw from the past week or two, like it's just, it's just refreshing. Oh yeah. No, I, I completely, I completely agree with you, bro. Like I always say on this platform, I don't trust Tony Khan. I, I don't trust this dude as far as I can throw him. You know what I'm saying? So I, I don't, I don't expect it to be any consistent, but at least for collision, you know, it seems like that they got a good yeah, flowing yeah. show that they can rock with. Right. And at least for dynamite for this week, it also felt as such. Yep. Oh yeah. But moving forward. Oh yeah. I, I don't trust this fucking company, bro. I, I mean, how does anybody really can, so, yeah. but, but we'll see, we, we shall soon find out, uh, moving forward, especially when we get closer to all in at Wembley stadium is there's going to be a lot of hype. There's going to be a lot of talk once we get closer to that August 27th date. So finally, before we wrap things up here in this show, we are going to talk a little bit about NXT. Now, Brian, I don't know how much you have been watching of NXT. I have been sending you clips, especially in regards to this first topic that I'm about to talk about right now, as I'm mainly just going to go through some positives and negatives, how, I've been kind of been going through these NXT shows as of late, you know, the positives and the negatives of NXT. And I will start with the positives. The first positive that I have is, is been this Tony D'Angelo stack storyline. Um, it should sound familiar because these two dudes have been in my top five and honorable mentions for quite some time now, because guys, I'm telling you right now, outside of the bloodline, and I don't care what anybody says outside the bloodline, this has been legit in this company the best storyline consistently um like legit in wwe right now um it, it's just everything about it again you just you there's just so much effort putting into it which i respect a lot um just the you know with tony d'angelo being locked up in jail and the jail segments that they put on it's just the substance about stacks and like who's the culprit who's not and tony d'angelo it doesn't shock me because tony d'angelo has been a part of a lot of really good stuff in NXT. So doing stuff like this does not shock me in the slightest. And you add Channing Stacks, uh, uh, Lorenzo Channing Stacks, or something along those lines. But we, he goes by pretty much Stacks. 
um, has flowed very well in the story as he was in a match with Joe Coffey, a member of Galagas, who was, part, who was uh, your uh, NXT tag champions. Um, very, very good match. Of course, Stax winning. Um, definitely, can't really say saw it coming, but definitely in regards to furthering the story and getting a title opportunity and maybe really uh, really getting to a, a big climax into where this is leading to. I definitely think this was the right way to go here because, of course, Stax wins this match. Now Tony D'Angelo has been free from prison, and now I believe they also get a future tag title opportunity. Um, I'm not sure if that's next week or down the road, but I'll have to do more research in regards to that. But um, to- during the match, I think Tony D'Angelo was phoned into the was phoned into the arena. It was freaking fantastic. He's like doing commentary. It's like from a speaker phone and, and he's talking, he's like, cha- and he's like rooting for stacks through the phone uh, from commentary. I thought that that was an awesome, fantastic touch there uh, with Tony Tangelo rooting on stacks or whatever. Um, but yeah, stacks wins the match, man. And I can't say anything else. Just another week of this, uh, of this story, just carrying the show. I mean, legit, it, it really truly is, man. Um, and the next positive I have is Braun Breaker and Dragunov uh, in a, what was a very good physical dominant match is what I expected it to be. Uh, Dragunov became number one contender as he's now going to be facing uh, Carmelo Hayes in a future title match moving forward. Um, you know, obviously doing Breaker versus Melo would not make sense. So obviously this was the right call to do. And I feel like Dragunov, especially we, I, I've spoken very heavily about the match he had um with freaking um uh frick oh shoot um uh, oh my god his name is his name is uh losing my mind uh losing uh freaking t-bar freaking uh oh my god what is his name Dijak. Dijak. thank you brian yeah, thank yeah. you brian good lord that just that that freaking left my mind there but with Dijak, right yeah, yeah. and ever since then man that storyline and that match just catapulted dragon off and you know, at some point he needed to be a part of this title, a, a part of this title picture, especially after a, a performance like that not too long ago. Um, so really fantastic stuff in, in regards to that. Um, however, I felt like this that match should have just ended the show. I feel like that's not a match you would want to put in the middle of your NXT. Um, but however, decent match. Dragunov getting the title opportunity against Carmelo Hayes. Um, obviously the right call because you can't do, you know, Breaker and, and Hayes again. So I'm all for that. So, however, now I get to, I get to the negatives. Okay. I, I, I get to the negatives and this, and the main negative, I'm just going to point out because there are a few negatives, but I want to point out this one main negative and I'm Brian, I'm going to send this off to you. And that is with the judgment day. If you guys don't know the judgment yes. day were on fucking NXT last night. Why the fuck are they on NXT? Why? I, I, why? I just like why? I, I I don't I don't fucking get why they're they're on the show. Um, I, I just I just have a hard time just allowing main roster guys to take spots from NXT talents. You know, talents that could be developed to develop a character, a story. The Judgment Day don't like what like what 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 are they on this show for, bro? They they Finn Balor's already defeated Carmelo Hayes, as that's what they're involved with, with Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams. Like this dude is already he already beat this motherfucker on Raw. Like what what other what what other shit that needs to continue with Judgment Day and Carmelo Hayes? I I, I don't understand it. it. It makes no fucking sense. You you <laughs> you dealt with the problem beating him on Monday Night Raw on your turf. 
And now, and now Dominic's going to be facing Wes Lee in a North American title match next week. Like, it doesn't make any sense to me, bro. Like, to me, the Judgment Day, and listen, much respect to the Judgment Day. They should be feeling as such. They should be feeling a certain type of way. And I respect them giving them the time. But guess what? They've been pretty freaking boring. <laughs> I I'm sorry. They really have been. I mean, ever since, I mean, listen, I mean, I mean, guys, if you don't believe me, Rhea Ripley, what has she been doing since WrestleMania started or since WrestleMania ended when she's won that title? She's the answer is nothing. She's Dom's right, absolutely That's nothing. You know, and, and you know, I, I mean, seriously, I mean, Dominic. Okay, Dominic, we all like to boo Dominic. He's been, you know, getting the heel heat. He's been called Dirty Dom. But I mean, how many times do I need to see him in a six man tag and in a regular mat singles match with Seth Rollins every freaking Monday night on Raw? It's just like to me. Uh, you know, I mean, of course, he had the stuff with with Cody Rhodes, and it had its moments, but it really it got really nobody excited about it. Brian, me and you talked about it even at the Money in the Bank, Good and Bad yeah. and the Ugly, where it's just nothing. Ever since Dominic, ever since with the Judgment Day, all of them since WrestleMania hasn't had the same momentum or feel, and that includes Damian Priest holding a briefcase. I'm sorry if that upsets everybody, but that's just the truth, man. Um, so, and you put them on NXT, bro, for what? For, for, for what? Because you have to remind them because they're, they're united. They're a dominant freaking faction where, I, I, Brian, I don't get it, man. I, it's, I don't know what your take is in regards to that, but I'm, and this is where I'm going to send it off to you. Your thoughts, at least from what I've mentioned, I don't know how much you've watched of NXT, but your thoughts in regards to all of that. Um, so yeah, I haven't caught up all the way, but I, the, those are the only two things I saw was the, the Braun Breaker and Dragunov and the, the Judgment Day stuff. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, the Dragunov went in there. Yeah, absolutely. Right call. Um, <laughs> you know, we've spoken about Braun Breaker here. Uh, who knows when he's coming up? Maybe after SummerSlam. I don't know. But um, yeah, he's definitely going to be coming to the main roster soon. So um Dragonoff has again it's not one of these things where like oh you're giving him the shot like with that match with him and and um and Dijak yeah it put them both on the like one of those two had to be next in line it, it just had to be so yeah. you know Dragonoff um you know he's getting the shot here all for that for sure um yeah the judgment day um <laughs> So NXT, right, it, it is now, it has always been, whether you want to call it developmental or if you're thinking of in terms of sports, like the minor leagues, so to speak, or, or however you want to frame it, right? It's for people to use it as a springboard to get to the next level, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So here you have the Judgment Day. You have Finn Balor who's in a feud with your champion on Raw. You have Damian Priest, who has the money in the bank, so he's involved in that title picture. Rhea yep. Ripley, who is the woman's champion, and you've done nothing fucking with her. Absolutely and, not, And no. Dom, you know, Dom is there, and Dom is Dom. But to me, all of the, especially, especially with Finn, Damian, and Rhea, they're all either a champion or in the title picture on your main shows. So to me, bringing them back down to NXT diminishes their spot in on Raw. 
you, you know, maybe every, maybe that's just my opinion because, or how I feel because I look at it as like a, as like a major league minor league thing. I mean, that's kind of what it is. So mm-hmm. you have these people who are, are in the top of the top of the, I mean, that would be like, you know, fucking, what, what are we sending, you know, uh, Ronald Acuna back to, back to triple a because he <laughs> needs to make their pitcher better down there. No, no, we're not fucking doing that. Um, <laughs> So yeah. I don't, and, and I know it's not apples and apples to apples comparison, but that's still kind of, that's still kind of the general gist of what these two products are. So if you're if you're bringing your champions back down to the to the minor leagues, so to speak, um, it just doesn't make sense to me. And I know obviously the people in the minor leagues, the Kamalo Hayes, right, the Dragonovs, the whoever. They need the experience of the major league. So what do you do? Fine. You bring them up to Raw or SmackDown. Cool, right? Have them in, get their feet wet a little bit, do whatever. But don't bring your fucking champions back down to NXT to mm-hmm. be in fucking feuds there. Like, it, it's just, yeah. Yeah, it, it which, makes which, no is, sense. Um, which is why I really didn't understand, like, even though it got a tremendous, it, it got a very solid rating because I do want to, I do want to acknowledge that. And I understand for NXT, it did wonders for them. And that was sure, Seth Rollins sure. defending his world heavyweight championship against Braun Breaker. It's just like, okay, the, it was to give Braun Breaker exposure. Okay. Well, he can get exposure to when you debut him on the main roster properly. Yeah, so it's because right. that's and I've mentioned this and I don't know how you feel about this, Brian. I just I find it weird how the way we debut, right, these in-ring debuts for these NXT talents, Katana Chance and Kane Carter are a prime example. Carmelo Hayes, which I can kind of let slide because of what he said in the post the post show uh, interview that he had because it kind of fits the persona of Carmelo Hayes. So that I can kind of let slide. But with Braun Breaker, right? Badass freaking Braun Breaker, he's getting exposure in a losing effort. And the notion is, oh, you hung with with the main roster talent in a losing effort, and you made a name for yourself. Like, you're special. Like, and then he's going to debut on the main roster. It's like, oh, yeah, you lost to Seth Rollins on the main roster, right? That, that, that's the notion. That's the exposure. It did more exposure for Seth Rollins than it did for Braun Breaker. And even for Grayson Waller, right? The like Grayson Waller, and I know I'm, 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 he's technically main roster now, but this that was his in ring debut was this past SmackDown, and it was a decent match with Edge. I get it, you know he's going, he's having a match with Edge in Madison Square Garden. I'm not saying it did anything, you know, anything that harmed him at all. I'm not saying anything in, in that lines, but what? Why are we playing this like oh the the college try with with Grayson Waller where it doesn't fit the character the character is supposed to be like a douchebag and asshole type of a character and he's accepting this gratitude from edge it's just like 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 it's weird yeah. like is it like it like it, it can't be for everybody it has a place right like john cena when he made his debut right ruthless aggression right when that whole shtick happened and he went toe-to-toe with freaking kurt angle and the freaking rest was history right it was a, he was a winner in a losing effort there's a place for that but not for everybody, bro. Right, right. Not for everybody. Yeah. It's just, it's weird. And it, it's just like, I, I, I don't, I don't get it. It's just really, and, and that's what I mean about the main roster, whether it's them, the main roster guys going to NXT or the NXT guys going to main roster. 
these in-ring debuts and, and these, right, and these debuts, the main roster in general, should feel as such, man. Like, I listen, and there could be plans for Braun Breaker in the future, sure. But first impressions to me always matter, right? Whether in the ring, setting something up, it always matters. You know, and I just, with Carmelo Hayes, and so with all that being said, it's just, I agree with you, man. It's It's weird how especially with main roster talent coming to NXT when you're trying to blossom these dudes as, as, as stars. And then when they get to the main roster, they're just losing in a, in a, in a, in a great technical wrestling match. It's just like, but they're still fucking losing. <laughs> these are their in-ring debuts. You know, I get it. It works for some people, but then you, you second guess yourself to think like, man, what the fuck are they doing in Florida, bro? Everybody's losing. <laughs> You know, it's just it's it's weird, man. But sure, uh, but sure. yeah, Brian, continue on, on your thoughts with uh, with the judgment day and everything well, that I just mentioned. I mean, in that, that was to that. pretty much it. I, I just don't. I, I if you want if you want your you know your your younger talent, your up and coming talent to get exposure and seasoning and whatever, then yeah, then you have to bring them up, right? You can't you can't right. bring top and just do it properly right. and just do it properly, right? Like it's just. Like I mentioned, if you want to have them lose, right, in a losing effort, Carmelo Hayes was fine, right? When he lost to Finn Balor, it's just like, okay, whatever, that's done, right? They, you know, they they came to my, you know, or I came to their neck of the woods. I went toe-to-toe. I lost. Hey, I'm still Carmelo Hayes at the end of the day. That works. Right. But with (laughs) – it's just just weird, man. And then when the main roster talent's coming over to beat the NXT talent, just for what? Just to further a story – with Finn Balor for your world title that still nobody really needs to really see at the end of the day. It's just, I don't know. It's, it's definitely weird for sure, but I'm not sure, but I mean, I, I, it's just, I guess, I guess we'll soon find out with NXT, but I, I, I can say is that, man, this was, as far as NXT is concerned, and I've been very positive in regards to NXT and, and for justified reasons, because just like AEW collision, man, uh, at least for the flow of the show. Now, I think yeah. NXT has a lot more story, has a lot better storytelling than freaking Collision does as of right now. But as regards to the flow of the show, it does very, very well. But I will say this, man. This has definitely been one of the worst NXT shows probably in the last several weeks. Just from keeping up with NXT, it was just it was just not there, man. And I understand they got a high rating because of the Judgment Day. Guys, I get it, man. But at some point, man, you have to understand, like, like what they're involved in, mm-hmm. right? It's just like, of course, like the IWC who don't really watch NXT much. Maybe they just watch the main roster. They hear the Judgment Day, like today's fan. Like, like oh, snap, the Judgment Day. They're going to be on NXT. Okay, I'll watch, right? So they're going to tune in and watch. But at the end of the day, what they're involved in, right? They're going to tune in and they're going to see what's going on. And they're going to be like, okay, nothing's really, nothing's really catching my eye here. Poof, let me turn off the channel. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that, that, but that's the problem. You know, they talk about, we talk about ratings for justified reasons too, but it's also quarterly hour numbers, you know, like how many people in that quarterly hour are they drawing in and staying there, right? Like, are they flipping the channel and flipping back because they need to see what happens or are they turning off the channel and never coming back to it again? That's, you know, that's, that's the thing as well. And, and is the judgment day doing that? Are they being put in situations to where, Man, the Judgment Day—they—they've been—they've they, everybody's been really, really into and having the need to see what they do to where 
yeah, like let's let's put them on NXT to give them a good rub. When on the main roster, they're not really they're not really involved in anything that I me as well as I'm sure a lot of people out there that need to see what they're doing because ever since WrestleMania, they haven't really been booked as such, man. They just they really haven't. And uh, it's it's just I, a I weird situation. WWE yeah, go ahead, Ryan. Even dropped the ball there with so after WrestleMania, right? We had we had the draft. And so the bloodline goes over to SmackDown, right? All, all, full-time at SmackDown. Yep. So that, that would have been the perfect opportunity to make the bloodline the dominant faction on Raw. And yeah, and, and you'll hear, you know, Rhea comes out there. They all say it, you know, we, what, what is there? We, we run Monday Night we Raw. Run, we run Monday Night Raw. Yeah, my fucking ass. Yeah, but yeah exactly. <laughs> they, they could and they should have been. But yeah, they haven't been booked that way. Um, they, they really haven't, no. They, they and could yeah. and they should be a dominant faction and, and running through people and, right. you know, interfering. But yeah, they, they haven't. Yep. Yeah, and they're involved in the same, and, and everything's the same in regards to them. Like they're either in a, they're, they're in, they they start off the show just to set up a match later in the night. That there's no cliffhanger at the end of the day. Again, this past Monday Night Raw was no different. That you know Finn Balor was bookering like, oh, I don't have time for this fighting with Rhea Ripley, and it sets up a match with Dom just to set up a six man tag later in the night. Sure, they won, but it's the same shtick. Mm-hmm. that we see on a Monday Night Raw. So, yeah, they're getting TV time. There's effort being put into them. I like that. But they're not – but it's what they're involved in. And like you mentioned, the booking-wise, they're, they're not inv- they're not booked as such at all because every yeah. show that they're involved in is the same. And that's mm-hmm. that's the problem at the end of the day. So, um, But, of course, we'll continue to talk more about NXT. I don't know how much more of the Judgment Day is going to be on NXT – Hopefully not many more. Uh, it's yeah. just not needed, guys. I, I understand if you disagree with us, it's it's totally fine. But you know, just you gotta you know just just understand where we're coming from in regards to NXT talents, man. You know, these NXT talents need to be once they get to the main roster, once their time is ready, they need to be. You know, they need to feel as such. You know, when the timing is right, you build them properly, you develop their character development properly. They are ready to go to the main roster and soar to freaking new heights. And what I mean by soar to new heights, I'm not talking about this company being petty just to push them, just to push them. But the crowd is actually being engaged in, in, and really gravitating towards what they're doing. You know, So we'll see, man. Is that Carmelo Hayes? Is that Braun Breaker? Is that Dragunov? Is that JC Jane and Gigi Dolan? Well, we're soon going to find out, man, in, in the near future. So, But that is going to do it for today's episode, everybody. This was another episode. Here, Brian, yeah, I'll let you I'll let you get some more words in, man, your final thoughts. Yeah, just, just final thing, man, just regard, regarding Judgment Day and their booking as a faction and, and what, whatever, like, I, I do feel like they've, they've missed the boat on that. But the, the biggest one, maybe in all of WWE right now, fucking Rhea Ripley, man, like, yeah, what absolutely. Have you done, like you spent nine months to a year building her as this, and she fucking nailed it. And she gets her moment at WWE. And what has, I mean, seriously, when I say like she's been nothing more than Dom's girlfriend, right? I mean, that's she's been nothing yeah. more than that since WrestleMania. And what the fuck? Pretty much. So yeah. now she's over in NXT. You got her down there. You've put her in no serious feuds, none at all. Like, she, you know, she had the match with Zelina. She had the match with, uh, oh shit, who was the other one? Um, anyway, uh, Natalia, 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 a right? couple times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
But Jesus Christ, man. I mean, what, what more do you want from you're asking your superstars, right? To go out there, to perform night in, night out, to create this character that's larger than life, to get over, to sell merch. And they do that in spades, right? And then, fuck. Like, I can't believe Rhea Ripley. Like, she, to me, she should have had or at least been on, you know, starting arguably maybe one of the most dominant runs of women WWE women's champion has ever Absolutely. Had. You absolutely know, and they've done nothing and they've done absolutely like, nothing she's she's been more relevant without the title than with the title oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> honestly yeah. honestly yeah yep. and, and that's yep. it, it just it just it's just it's 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 unfortunate man it's, you know it's got to be disheartening to the rest of like what what else do you what more do you want from them like they've done exactly. everything you asked to mm -hmm. to the highest level right uh yeah, man, give give that woman a fucking feud for Christ's sake, Jesus! Seriously, man, for real, <laughs> no freaking preach, bro. You you are one hundred percent on the money, man. But yeah, we'll we'll talk a lot more about Rhea Ripley and yeah, the Judgment yeah. Day as Sorry well as SmackDown. Tangent, but yeah, just ah man, <laughs> just it's no, it's fr dude, it's it's frustrating. Most disappointing thing in in wrestling right now. I mean, there's a lot, but it's it's frustrating, bro. Yeah. It, no, it truly is. Like I, I I'm in the same frustrated boat as you are, man. I mean, Rhea Ripley, she's out there before she even won that title. She was taking out men. She felt like just she legit. I mean, people were making comparisons to to China for fuck's sake. Yeah. Now she's not China, but but again, there's there's a vibe and a and an energy to that, and that and that energy and that momentum has just it's gone. gone. It's yep. it's absolutely gone, bro. And 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 that's you know and but and that's what I mean about all the time about you know holding people accountable and understanding what these wrestlers' worth are. Sure, they're given time, but again, it's always what they're involved in. Like, are they involved in something that's really really getting people's attention? Like the Bloodline, like MJF and Adam Cole. As well as many of like you talked like the rock and sock connection, Brian, like you talked about, you know, early on when we when we were talking about MJF and Adam Cole in this set tag team, right? The list goes on and on and on. You know, are fans getting that tune in to that extent? Yes, of course people are gonna tune in out of I always say, habit and hope, right? It's a habit because we've been doing it for so long, and it's a hope because you know, in regards to wanting to see professional wrestling get better. Because if you're passionate about it, you are going to tune in. So of course people are going to tune in, but it's how invested people are into something. And Rhea Ripley has been somebody that has been in, people have been invested with, not just for, I'm sure, female wrestling fans, but even for male wrestling fans like you and me, Brian. I mean, we haven't been the biggest Rhea Ripley fans ever since she's done this, this, uh, this turn with the Judgment Day. And she's been hitting home runs and grand slams because of what, uh, what she's been involved in. And now it's just... She's just another woman on the roster. Yeah. And that's and that's the problem. And at the end of the day, when it comes to these wrestlers, they have to start feeling a certain type of way rather than just another member on the roster. So and that includes AEW as well. Yeah, for sure. Thank you guys once again tuning in for another episode of Ruthless Talk. Brian, once again, welcome back, my man. Yeah, I know yeah, it's been cool. a minute since you since you've been on here. It is so good to have you back. Uh, make sure you guys stay tuned for Saturday as Brian and me will be talking SmackDown. Uh, SmackDown for this coming Friday, tomorrow, I should say. 
Um, as you know, I'm sure there's a lot more story to be told with the bloodline is, I mean, shit, they got over an almost an hour freaking last <laughs> week as I talked about, talked about that as well for justified reasons, but Hey, you know, but if, Hey, at the end of the day, it's the bloodline. People have been into it. It's been drawing in viewers and numbers, and I'm sure people are going to, people in that, in that storyline are going to hit grand slams, Brian, like we, we, like we've always mentioned since we've started this podcast. So there's going to be a lot more stuff to talk about with that in, in regards to where SummerSlam is leading to. And of course you guys know, man, LA Knight. I'm sure we, we are not done talking about this dude, LA Knight, about how they legit killed and derailed this dude's momentum to the highest degree. But we are going to talk all of that. We are going to talk all of that on Saturday. So make sure you guys stay tuned for that as well as stay tuned and stay notified for many more episodes to come. Make sure you guys join our Facebook group with well over 60 members that are on that group uh, as of right now. And of course, follow us on Instagram and TikTok. That is ruthless underscore talk for both for both social platforms. We are on the cusp of 900 followers on Instagram, and we are now well above over 550 followers now on TikTok. Um, just again, it, it's just thank you guys again for the milestones we hit on the on these social media platforms. It is awesome. Um, and and for for those of you guys who do come from those platforms and watch these podcasts, uh, we can't thank you guys enough uh, for all the you know whether you disagree or agree or you just want to tune in because we're very entertaining. You know, we still we appreciate you guys being professional wrestling fans and uh, and tuning into uh, into our stuff, man. But and, and of course, like as always, make sure you guys stay tuned for more episodes to come. Brian, my man, your final thoughts before we end this. Uh, just looking back to be being uh, back on a, a somewhat regular schedule here, man. So uh, let me let me catch up a little bit, and uh, we'll be seeing you guys <laughs> on Saturday. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Very, very well said. That is going to do it for today's episode, everybody. My name is James Porcelli. I'm Brian Thomas. And your boys are signing off, saying salute. Peace out. And take care, everybody.